Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, May the 10th, 2023. It is 1040 a.m. Central Time, and this is a Today's Focus episode. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great day. Whenever you may hear this, some of you hear this live, some of you won't hear this. Whenever you may listen, thank you so very much. And whenever you listen, I want to give you, well, one thing to focus on for your specific day. And today's focus is blood. Yeah, today's focus is blood, not just any blood, a specific blood of a specific individual. You probably know where I'm going with this since it's a theology podcast. You probably know where I'm going with this. But let's turn to 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. For today's focus, we're going I'm going to do my best to keep this within the 15-minute time limit that I originally designed that I haven't followed ever. I'm going to try to keep this within 15 minutes, but I'm going to do I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, let's begin in verse 1, and we're going to just, we're going to place this verse in its fuller context. Are you ready? 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. What was, for, and I'm reading from, uh, just I happened, the Bible that is in front of me is the one I'm reading from, so I just realized I, didn't, I don't have my King James in next, next to me, but this is the one I have in front of me. Here we go. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. What was from the beginning, what we have heard what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. All right, a lot we could say there. Gives a uh, the language there very much maybe help us understand. And I, and I say this all the time. We need to interpret First John as a polemic against Gnosticism more than how people typically approach it. But let's let's continue reading. That's not. I don't want to get into a full blown uh, exposition of that. But all right, here we go. Verse five. First John chapter one verse five. This is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you, God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. Now, this is where the book, the First John, this is where the letter of First John really starts becoming somewhat controversial throughout church history. Because some people read First John, some people just kind of forget Gnosticism. They may, they may acknowledge Gnosticism in the first four or five verses and say, well, for, well John, for John here is clearly referencing the Gnostic issue that was present at the time. And they, a lot of times in their introduction to First John will really emphasize Gnosticism. But once you get past, say, verse 5, Gnosticism kind of gets ignored. And then it really becomes, and this is the way it was always taught to me, First John is the test book, not to test whether someone is following the heresy of Gnosticism, but it becomes a test book to test to see whether you are really saved. So here's how it's supposed to work. You claim to be a Christian. Wonderful. 
Great. Now you go to first John, you start now verses one through four. Yeah. That's kind of dealing mainly with Gnosticism. Okay. All right. Yeah. Learn that because you want to know the history. Now, starting in verse five, what you need to do is take a piece of paper and you've got to write down each test. Here's test number one. Here's test number two. Here's test number three. Here's test number four. Here's test number five. Then you give that test to yourself and then you will be able to know if you are saved or not saved. And so how do you know you're saved? Based off what you do and don't do. In other words, your salvation no longer becomes about what Christ did. It becomes about what you are doing. And if you're not doing enough or if you're doing the wrong thing, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, you know, you are not saved. You have no assurance and you got to do better. Now, people don't like when I say it that way, but that's exactly how the test is, 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 it works. I, I, look, I was taught it. I don't even know how many different Bible colleges and seminaries I heard that. I can't even tell you how many churches or how many sermons. And I used to preach it that way because that's the way I was always taught. Someone says, well, how do you know if you're saved? Well, let's go to first John. How did you do? Did you pass the test? Oh, you didn't. Well, you can't have any assurance of your salvation. Do better. Do better. It's always do better. So let's give, if let's do that with the first test. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. So we cannot walk in darkness. Now that's kind of vague. So what does that mean? So some people say, well, this would, some people will make it so like, hey, you've got to be, to walk in darkness means you're just living constantly in sin. You just keep sinning and sinning and sinning. But then, but they really mean certain, they have very specific sins in mind, very external sins, very scandalous sins, because we all know that in some ways we're, we're always sinning, right? Or we're always sinning. Love the Lord God with, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You never pull that off. So that means you're always living in sin. Love your neighbor as yourself. You rarely pull that off. Be holy as he is holy. You're never as holy as he is holy. There's three scriptures that tells you you're constantly in sin. So if I'm constantly in sin, am I walking in darkness? Well, no, not if you're constantly in those sins, but if you're in other sins, you're walking in. So then how do I know? Now, some people say, no, no, no. The issue in first John is not testing whether you're saved. It's testing your fellowship, right? In other words, you can be saved, but not in fellowship with God. Your salvation is eternally secure, and that's based off what Christ did. Your fellowship is based on your walking and, and how you're responding to Christ. You, in other words, you lose that fellowship, you lose that closeness. Now, some people will argue that's how the book should be interpreted, and everyone goes round and round and round, but I just want you to know immediately we are confronted with, well, I don't want, I don't know about you. Do you want to be walking in darkness? I don't want to be walking in darkness. What exactly does that look like? What exactly does that mean? Then it becomes very subjective and everyone gets to kind of fill in what it means. But it goes on to say, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, what I want to do is I want us to focus on that phrase, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Christ 
The blood of Jesus, his son, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I'm looking for my, um, where's my King James Bible? I do not know where that one is. I was going to read it from that translation. I don't, I don't know where I put my King James. It may be downstairs. Oh, here it is. Let me grab it. Let me grab it here. I've got Bibles all over the place. Let's go to 1 John. And the, and the King James states it this way. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, either way, the same concept is there. He cleanses us. He cleanseth. He cleanses us from all sin. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all sin. Now, I... I want us to really think about what does the blood of Christ do for us? So here is, there's going to be two things I want you to do today for your today's focus. Number one, I want you to find all the scriptures that talk about the blood of Christ. I want you to just make a list of every scripture that speaks of the blood of Christ and just kind of list out all the things the blood of Christ does for us. All the things the blood of Christ does for us. I want you to just look up a, a, a number of them. In fact, I can, I'll just give you one example just to show you. I've got many here, but go to, I believe it's Ephesians 1 7, right? We have 1 John 1 7. Let's go to Ephesians 1 7. Ephesians 1 7, just to kind of give you an example. Just to kind of give you an example, and I'm already at 10 minutes, all right? Ephesians 1 7. See, when I say I'm going to keep it under 15 minutes, I thought it was going to be simple. Ephesians 1, 7. And whom we have redemption through his blood. So his blood cleanses us from all sin and his blood redeems us. We have redemption and we have cleansing in the blood of Christ. I want you to find every scripture that speaks of the blood of Christ and just make a list of all the things it does. Now, here's what I want you to consider, right? And I'm just going to challenge the typical interpretation of 1 John. Let's say you say 1 John is a test, right? Let's say it's a test, right? I mean, if you think about it, anytime you see any passage in the Bible that says, do this, do this, do this, do this. In other words, law scripture, because you know a scripture is law when it tells you that you need to do something or tells you to stop doing something. All of those, in a sense, are a test, right? Because you look at those things that tells you to do or not do, and you guess what? You're going to have to determine if you do them or don't do them. Are you passing or failing? Over and over and over, we fail. Again, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Mm, I fail. Love my neighbor as myself. Mm, I fail. Be ye holy as he is holy. I fail. Over and over and over, if you read the Bible, you're going to be like, you fail, 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 you fail. There's just no way to get around that unless you can convince yourself you're somehow pulling it off, right? So let's say, let's just take for argument's sake, First John is a test. It's a test. And you, this will determine whether you're saved or not saved. Well, how do you interpret that test? In light of 1 John 1, 7, that says the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Because all of those tests, if you fail those tests, is that not sin? You say, well, yes, it's sin. But the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin. <laughs> so does the if you fail that test, does that prove you're not saved? If at the same time you're confessing that the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin. 
You say, well, you're committing sin, therefore you're not saved. But the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. So am I cleansed or am I, is the, all of my sin wiped away, washed away? Have I been redeemed? If I'm, if, if I am completely cleaned and I'm completely redeemed by the blood of Christ, then what action can I, can or can I not do that would, now, unless you're going to say the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin, meaning it cleanses you and it, you, you no longer sin. Well, we know that can't be true. We know it can't be speaking of cleansing me from sin in a practical way because we all continue to sin. So immediately we know we have to interpret this, that Jesus' blood cleanses me from all sin, that I am no longer guilty. It's washed it away. Well, then how can you then turn around and use the same book and say, no, 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 no. If you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, you're not saved. Well, does the blood of Jesus cleanse me from all sin or not? Does the blood of Jesus actually redeem me? If I am redeemed because of the sacrificial death of Christ in which he shed his blood, and I am cleansed perfectly by that shed blood because of the substitutionary sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, then my salvation is determined and is secured, and that not in what I do or don't do. That That's something to just consider. Now, I understand First John seems to give lots of tests. I'm the first to admit that. I know how we understand those tests. You either understand them as a test more about Gnosticism than it is about salvation, or you understand that it's really a test determining fellowship, or you try to determine it's a test proving salvation, but then you have to go, well, wait a minute then my salvation is determined by what I do or don't do. But I thought the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and it redeems me. So here's what I want you to do. However you want to interpret 1 John, you can set that aside for today, but I had to at least mention it because we're reading 1 John 1-7. But what I want you to do is just spend the day looking in the Bible for every verse that speaks about the blood of Christ. Every verse. Now, if you make a chart, Here's like say Ephesians 1 7, boom, redeems me. First John 1 7 cleanses me. If you just kind of make a little chart like that, it doesn't have to be, you can just put it on paper. Here's the scripture. Here's what the blood of Christ does. Here's the scripture. You can take a, a, a photo, you can take a photo of it, send it to me. You can type it out, email, however you want to get it to me, email it to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's news. I F at yahoo.com. I always get emails, people saying I'm, I don't articulate the email address very well. News I F at yahoo.com. There we go. All right. I try to say it as slow as I can, but I would love for you to just spend some time meditating on that today, meditating on it. And uh, maybe we'll do some more work on this at a later time. But for today, there is your focus. There is your today's focus. For this Wednesday, did I say it was Tuesday? I hope I said to that it was Wednesday. This Wednesday, May the 10th, 2023. May God bless you as you meditate and study his word.